We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Welcome back. Thanks for everyone that's tuning in. And I uh, really appreciate you all t- tuning in today. And um, Or if you're also tuning in on Facebook Live, hearing this thing live, um, if not just hearing the recording on the podcast. But everyone, thank you for coming. And once again, I have my guest co-host, Eric Yoon of Standout Marketing, who's with me once again. So Eric, hey, thanks for joining us. Robert, glad to be here. <laughs> hey, no problem. I've been, I've been called worse. Um, so, hey, uh, I'm really, um, really interested or really excited about continuing the topic of marketing because we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. And we talked about marketing blind spots last week, which I got a lot of great feedback on last week. Um, so, I'm really excited to kind of continue this conversation on marketing. But today we want to focus not so much on the tactical side as so much about addressing the mind shift that needs to happen when you're doing marketing and, and planning to do marketing well. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times when clients come to me, they're, they're looking for a quick fix. Um, they're, sometimes they're kind of in desperation mode. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so they're kind of looking at marketing as a quick fix. Um, unfortunately, it's not like that most of the time. And certainly we can do some things that can bring in, um, bring in some customers relatively quickly. But depending on the amount of volume that needs to happen for the business, especially like some, a retailer that needs um, a, a lot of volume compared to like a service industry, like a, a CPA or financial services where you don't need that kind of volume. But when you're dealing with a, a business that needs significant amount of volume, uh, in order to have that quick fix, you usually need to spend a lot of money on advertising mm-hmm. promotion. Um, and sometimes that's going to negate some of the profits that, uh, um, that you gain uh, with that increased revenue. So one of the things uh, we want to talk about today is really about having a proper mind shift or mindset as you um, go into marketing. And one of the things definitely you need to have have to have is addressing some of the blinds, the bots that we talked about last week, right? Remember, we talked about some of those areas that those commonly overlooked areas that in the business um, that aren't being addressed. And so if, if you haven't, if for, for those of you listening, if you didn't listen to the podcast or the Facebook Live recording uh, from last week, definitely go and go and to, um, listen to that as well. Um, but definitely fix those blind spots and then have the proper time and money and effort, um, at least uh, on the planning process, have the proper amount of money and time and effort for the long term. Because marketing is more of a, a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's something that we build upon. Um, and sometimes things that we learn along the way because we're not always perfect as you know right off the gate, and so a lot, there's a lot of learning that needs to be involved, even if we put together a nice marketing plan. Um, so, anyways, those are some of the things we want to touch upon and, and get into. So, Eric, what, what do you have any any comments to that as we, as we before we uh, embark here? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's one of the biggest kind of pitfalls of marketing is this whole thing of marathon versus a a sprint or or a quick fix because. Um, you know, marketing, I think we talked about it last week too, but marketing, it's, it's not really about pushing your product as much as it is, 
um, getting people to know, you know, your brand and, um, and more of communicating why you're doing what you're doing. And hopefully eventually, you know, they'll, they'll understand your heart behind why you're doing it and buy your product or, you know, sign on to your services or whatever it is. And, um, a quick fix, I think a couple things it does to hurt your brand is it makes it look really cheap and it also makes, makes you look selfish as a company. Um, it communicates really fast and people are able to pick it up. I think a lot of times we don't, mm -hmm. when we're building our own company, we don't realize how, um, how smart and quick people are <laughs> to see the yeah. motive behind the stuff that we create, the content videos and all that, that we create, but they're able to pick it up within the 10 first 10 seconds, you know, whether it's authentic, whether it really is communicating your values or whether mm. you're just trying to get their money. And, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, exactly. like I think people are, I mean, people are more willing to spend money if they trust you and if they know your heart than um if they um if you're just trying to sell them a product and so mm -hmm. you know trying to communicate the heart behind what you do does take a while you know it, it's i think it starts from even maybe months or even years of the owner or um you know the team even finding who they are right and maybe even taking as far let me i don't know some going to a psychologist to deal with some, you know, just emotional things that's keeping them, you know, I know some business owners will go to creative painting classes just to explore their creative side and, you know, just find out new things about themselves and, you know, um, get in touch with their emotions and, you know, why they do what they do and those kind of things. So I think it really even comes down to that. Um, but it's definitely a marathon race. You got to find out who you are as a person and then really identify, you know, why your company exists and all these things. And that could take, you know, before even, um, touching on, you know, talking about your product. And so, um, yeah. so that's a little bit about, yeah, I think it's just super important. The marathon uh, mindset. Yeah, and you, you <laughs> talked about, uh, taking painting classes and all that. It kind of reminds yeah. me of a story that, uh, you know, Steve jobs early on, um, before he created Apple, he was taking, um, uh, art classes, uh, I think it was at a community college uh, for a couple of years or 18 months. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where he fell in love with the art. And uh, actually it was when he took a calligraphy class, I believe yeah. it was specifically, that he kind of fell in love with art. And mm -hmm. that kind of unleashed that creative side. And that, you know, when you look at Apple products and their marketing material, I mean, it's, you see that creative side in that. So it's kind of interesting that you, you said that because it reminded me of that story of, you know, you never know, you never know what kind of random things in your life and experience that actually adds into uh, how you develop the business, even how you market the business. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's those little things and nuances of the things that we do, you know, when we're growing up that um, can really add to our brand and people can appreciate and they actually relate to and connect with on a heartstring level, the little nuances of, you know, as we're growing up, the things that we love and passionate about that we feel like have nothing to do with business or our business, but they do like, like uh, when I was talking to you one time, you know, we went back to a, a time when I was five years old and playing with toys. Yeah. Right. And I would, um, and I would create, you know, characters out of these toys, create a whole storyline and a plot and a conflict and the whole thing, right? And, a, and and all that stuff, but and a climax and everything. And I would create content, I mean, a character development and everything. And through that, um, you're able to help me, like Robert, you helped me really. It was like a really important part of my business and finding the heart behind why, you know. At first, I was sharing, I was, it's just a random story about when I was a kid, but I realized it was really the heart behind what I do. And I like to make superheroes out of people and companies, you know. Yeah. And um, so, you know, those connections really helped me and um, just kind of in my branding process. And, yeah, uh, so I, that's one of the things that I like to start with is you know, like to interview the client and really get to the heart of the person um, mm -hmm. because that helps me determine, you know, what 
why they do what they do. You know, product, um, even if they start out just, just developing business to, to make, to try to make a living, but usually there's some underlying story behind that, um, that even the owner doesn't realize. Um, but it gets to the heart of the person and also gets to the heart of the business of why they do what they do. Um, what, what, what is it that they love about the business, which will really help you create a brand, Right. If you never know, because the, the, the marketing, the branding of the company is really starts with the heart of the owner. And mm-hmm. so when you can bring that up and then start to share that story in some way, whether it's even if it's on a, even if it is on a billboard ad, but somehow how do you capture a little bit of their heart? Um, then it goes back to the authenticity of the, of the business as, as you touched upon earlier, right? It's like, how do, we, mm-hmm. how do we draw that out? And in order to do that effectively, it has to be done over time. Right. When you, there's not one Facebook post, it's not just one billboard, it's not one print ad or commercial, whatever. It's something that builds over time. Mm-hmm. So, which means we have to think about as we're developing the marketing strategy is what do we do, want to do from the first month to the third month to the sixth month to you know, 12 months later is how do you want to build this story and build this brand? Um, because then you start to build momentum and you get, you know, um, consumer confidence, right? Any comments about that? Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, for example, um, most of the clients that I work with, I come in and I see their past, the content they made, you know, video, especially video content. And most of it are, they're just still taking the approach of commercials. Like this is what our product is about. And then this is how you can buy. This is what is, how it's helping people. This is how you buy it. And that's good. I think that's important to have. Um, in place so that, you know, when people are interested, um, they'll know what you're about, how, what's problem you solve and how to buy it. But, um, I don't think that's really branding as much as giving them an opportunity to buy from you, which is, you know, like I said, it's important, but, um, what I do is I come in and I try to get, I try to really identify the values and I try to come up with stories or video uh, content that will really communicate those values. So for example, there's a, uh, there's a clothing brand called don't tread on me. And their target market is, you know, gun owners and people that really love uh, the USA. And so their whole thing is we're made in USA, great quality. And uh, I was just talking to the owner about just values and stuff. And we really identified that the values are, um, you know, strength, meekness, legacy and family and things like that. So, um, so basically like this past weekend, we just shot a video and then um, it's pretty much a play on of don't trend on me, but it's don't trend on legacy. And it's mm-hmm. the legacy turns into me. And it's just a story about um, a dad who takes his, his uh, seven-year-old kid shooting, teaching him how to shoot. And then I'm just asking him, you know, what legacies do you want to leave with your kid? You know, and all these things. And so just asking him questions that revolve around the value rather than the product itself. And um, those are the heartstrings that you could t- tug on people. I think the values are really a key in there. And um, and I'm not, I'm not expecting, I mean, obviously I hope, you know, this will bring in a lot of sales, but more importantly than that, I want the, you know, 10,000 or so followers on Facebook to really get the heart behind what they do. And they're most, more likely to talk about the product if they mm-hmm. um, do with their friends, if they know the heart behind it, you know, and mm-hmm. another example, I'm doing local leader Bakersfield and I don't want to just get good food because the conversation might end. Like let's say someone goes to a restaurant, eats good food, right? It's like, oh, it was really good. And that was it. But if there's a story behind it, like um, the the owner comes in and, you know, makes every morning at 3 a.m. to make pies and every once a month, you know, they take volunteers out and go do this and do that. And there's just all these stories behind, you know, what they do because they've been around for so long. And I think if you highlight those, the stories and the values, even more than the food, you know, it gets people talking about it. It gets people emotionally invested and uh, more likely to go. So yeah. I know I, I don't go for the food, even though the food's amazing. 
but I go to, you know, talk with the owner and just, just, yeah. I just like the vibes and the atmosphere. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and that's, and that's in some ways because you, especially, you know, the, some of the backstory about them investing into community, um, it gives us, gives the customer uh, just another reason to do business with them, right? That yeah. they're, yeah, the food's great, but also they're doing great stuff behind the scenes, which <laughs> there's, there's more reason to want to support them and do business with them. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things too is um, a lot of, you talked about customers and clients treating uh, marketing with a commercial mindset, right? We, you go mm-hmm. in there, you do a 30 second commercial and you hope for the, the sales, to, you know, sales to come in. It doesn't usually happen like that. And so a lot of times um, the, the business owner kind of gives up a little too quickly on their, on their marketing or on their advertising promotion. So what happens is a lot of times they think, um, you know, they'll, they'll run some ads for a month. Uh, they don't really see the return that they're hoping for and then they quit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I'm always, you know, one, I, I counsel my clients in the get-go is like, look, the first three months of any campaign is a lot of learning, you know, as, as, as gifted as I like to think I am in marketing, but at the same time, um, there's a lot of testing that goes along because mm-hmm. even though we know who the target market is, we kind of have an understanding of what the messaging should be and we can even test out the messaging in the beginning, but, but you know, you never know until you actually launch the campaign and during the process, especially the first three months, you're kind of, you're, you're looking, you're analyzing to see what the feedback is, what the engagement level is, whether it's on social media or if the phone calls are ringing, are ringing uh, from the, whatever ad you're doing, you know, if things aren't work, working the way you are anticipating, then you have to make some adjustments. You have to figure out, okay, maybe the message isn't quite right. Maybe the images that we're using isn't quite right. And a lot of times what we're doing was we're testing two to three different types of content at the same time to see really which one is the one that's working. Um, so that first three months is really a lot of testing and then you make the adjustment and then you move forward. Um, but too many times when the client doesn't have that marketing background, <clears throat> if they're not working with a, a, a marketer, a consultant or, or what have you, that they end up giving up usually within the first month and just say it doesn't work. I don't know if you've had any of that kind of experience uh, in the past with clients. Um, yeah, not necessarily giving up. I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely been times when, um, you spend all this, you know, money in great production videos and it just, it doesn't get, you know, that ROI that they would want, you know, it might get, um, a lot of views and stuff, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, translate to people following them or, um, turning into actual, you know, converting into to leads or customers. So, yeah. yeah, so you know that's those are those periods where you just have to to learn and see. Okay, mm-hmm. what do we need to do to, to tweak it and improve upon what we're doing? Because the way I like to address these things is like when we first start a campaign, it's plan to fail small but fail quickly. Mm-hmm. So that's why you do um, you do um, multiple campaigns at once, or you do split testing, is what we call, would call it. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, for example, in Facebook, you know they do have some um, uh, um, so they have some um, you do have the ability on, on Facebook and some other social media outlets to do some split testing on, and even like email campaigns, you can split test email campaigns <coughs> to see what are, uh, what subject headings uh, right. drive people to open, right? So, cause mm-hmm. you're looking at open rates. So there's a lot of um, ways you can kind of test out your marketing before you spend too much money on it moving forward. So you say, okay, whatever our budget is for the first month, um, how are we going to divide that up into testing mm-hmm. our, our marketing, our advertising, our content, our titles, and images, and, and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think a good approach is I, uh, that I take is everything, um, everything is a test, you know, and, um, and a test that we capitalize on a test that can be marketing itself, but you know, everything is a test in that, you know, everything that we do should be analyzed on how people responded and you know, what, um, you know, did, did this one, did this type of post get more link clicks versus, you know, shares or, mm -hmm. you know, likes, and that definitely happens. And so just because something, a video doesn't get as many views as another video doesn't mean it's worse. You know, it might've gotten more link clicks or it might've gotten mm -hmm. more comments or whatever it may be. And so, um, so everything, yeah, it's good to analyze all that stuff. And yeah, I think failure is, it's like, it almost has, you just have to redefine the word and not see failure as failure at all. Yeah. But it's just something we we learn from, and I use failure as, and I analyze the heck out of all my failures, you know, and and I say, um, you know, what can I what can I learn from that? So, um, you know, to to kind of redirect, right, and just stay on the course. And so I don't think, I almost like don't believe in, <laughs> don't believe in failure, you know, because right. yeah. as long as you're 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 you know you're you're in it for the long run, there's no such thing as as failure as much as it's just things to learn from and redirect. Yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> failure is only if you quit. So I think that's right. the only time you really fail. Yeah. I think you have mistakes, things don't, things don't work out the way you'd, you'd hope and you plan for, totally. but certainly there's no failure unless you just quit. So you, talk, mm -hmm. you talked about capitalizing on mistakes. And so <clears throat> there's a great story that comes to mind. Um, you know, one of my, my first job out of college was with Coca-Cola. Now, something that Coke did before I started working for them was when they switched from the Coca-Cola to New Coke. Now you're probably too young to remember New Coke, <laughs> but, no, but uh, <laughs> so you know the the, the Coca Cola, the regular Coca Cola that you have now. Well, back in the I think it was uh, mid '80s or so, um, Coke was trying to um, you know there was the cola wars back in those days where you know Coke and Pepsi and still right now Coke mm -hmm. and Pepsi are one and two, and so at the time um, you know Coke was really trying to outdo Pepsi, and one of the ways they were trying to do that was to create a formula, a version of Coke that was similar to Pepsi. In fact, it was maybe a little bit more sweeter because um, that's kind of what pe how people um, gauge Coke versus Pepsi is Pepsi maybe is a little sweeter. So they kind of revised the formula to make it a little bit more like Pepsi. Mm -hmm. And um, they kind of did all the focus groups and marketing research and testing that you should do, especially they did everything textbook, you know, before they rolled out the new product. Um, and so they label it new Coke. So when they, mm -hmm. they, they found from focus groups and market research that this new formula, people favored it. You know, when they did mm -hmm. blind testing and everything that people favored this new formula, new Coke over Pepsi. Mm -hmm. So they rolled out new Coke and, Sales actually did pretty well. Um, the problem was that they didn't anticipate was that the loyal Coke drinkers were furious because one of the things that Coke did was they, they totally discontinued the original formula of Coke mm -hmm. and all your only option was new Coke. Mm -hmm. So the, the loyal uh, Coke drinkers were, were totally furious, which the distributors, because the, the, the local distributors, when you see those Coke trucks, they're actually working for a distributor that are basically a franchise of the Coca-Cola company. And so the distributors, the franchisees were upset too, because obviously they were hearing all the lash and all the feedback from their, the loyal followers. So what happened was the, the intense, um, 
lashback from Coke followers were, was so intense that within six months, Coca-Cola shifted and then reintroduced the original formula and called it classic mm-hmm. Coke mm-hmm. and then still gave options. They didn't discontinue new Coke right away, <laughs> but they brought back um, the original formula. They call it classic Coke. So you had the option of getting classic Coke and new Coke. So the interesting thing about it is they, you know, the sales when new Coke was rolled out actually did a little bit better. But because of the intense lashback, they, um, right. they reintroduced classic Coke, and that just propelled sales. And so, mm-hmm. so out of that mistake, but at least they shifted. Well, they were very pressured to shift, but when they shifted, um, they were able to capitalize on that mistake. So it wasn't just – like when you see the Coca-Cola can now or the Coca-Cola bottle, you see Coca-Cola. Well, back then when they reintroduced the original formula, they put classic Coke. So mm-hmm. there is they capitalize on even their mistake, and then they they benefited from that in, in sales. Mm-hmm. So to your point, is there's never really a failure. Is how do you can't even capitalize on some of those missteps, right? right. <laughs> and so, yeah. and so the key was they were they were speedy in in in, in reintroducing the classic Coke, and mm-hmm. the way they labeled it, the way they branded it, classic Coke, um, so yeah. that the loyal followers could identify which one, um, yeah. you know, which one is that their their favorite drink. That's awesome. Yeah, like talking about failure too. I think easiest way to fail is um, when your motivation is from just exterior motivations, right? And I think the companies whose focus is on the vision, right? Like the vision of why their company exists. It's really easy, like Marathon, the mindset behind the Marathon is I think focusing on the vision and why you're running in the first mm-hmm. place, you know? But as long as you're, um, the reason why you're running is to beat someone else or prove something to someone else, I think that's really easy to fail, you know, because your foundation is just based on other people. Yeah. And I know like, um, <clears throat> like regarding coke and coke and pepsi um i don't know if i don't even know if uh, like right now like wherever you go around the world people know coke but not everyone might know pepsi and i think one of the reasons is for the longest time um i heard that pepsi um one of their just just goals and their focuses was we need to be coke (laughs) (laughs) we need to be coca-cola you know, and so as long as that's happening, you're you're just kind of um, you're not running your business off of a vision. You're running your business off of exterior motive. It's really mm-hmm. a goal, not a vision. Yeah. You know, and that that's easy. It's easy. Re- it's really easy to give up and you know um, not really get where you're going mm-hmm. if that's the focus. And so um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to fail when you're focused on your vision and mm-hmm. um, and you're not you're not affected by what are people saying about you or. Mm-hmm. you know, how many followers you don't have, how many sales you didn't get and all these right. things. <clears throat> yeah. Cause that really brings the, the focus back on the customer or why you're doing business, which ultimately is mm-hmm. about the customer, right? You're providing a solution mm-hmm. to a problem. You've seen a problem. Yeah. And so you're providing a solution. Right. And so that out of that solution or, the, or even that problem that you see kind of starts to come the vision of why you're doing what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. what is the purpose behind your business? You know, what is that solution that you want to provide your customer? And so if you're always more thinking about what's best for the customer, ultimately right. your business will will thrive, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to just keeping your eyes on the competition, which I always tell my clients, don't focus on the competition. Right. That totally takes the ball, you know, the eyes off really what's important. Right. And, and right. you will end up making mistakes. Yeah. And even with my own business, I mean, I only, I haven't even been in business for a year. And for me, it's just, it's, it's awesome because I, um, I, even from the beginning, I've never even looked at what other people are doing in town. Like I have a good pulse of it, but I don't really, I don't really focus on it. I just focus on, I like, what do I really want to bring to the client? Right. What value do I really bring to the client? That's always my focus. 
you know, what do they need from me? How do I make them stand out as a superhero in their industry? Right. And not necessarily beat everyone around them, but they just need to shine, you know, whatever their strengths are and the purpose behind why they exist, make those things shine. And that's really what's been going. And, and uh, I consider it pretty successful. I'm really happy where we're at. It totally exceeded the goals that I've made for, for my business. And it hasn't been anything about, Oh, what are these people doing? I need to beat them. And, you know, mm-hmm. kind of have my eye on the industry as much as my eye is on the people that I work with and making it, you know, just doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's awesome. So um, it's a great way really to, to end this conversation today because ultimately, you know, we're talking about marketing and we're talking about ways to improve the business, to grow the business. Um, ultimately it's about, you know, what do you, you know, your heart and your passion into your business, mm-hmm. your passion for your customers and, and the why, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. talked about that earlier, the why or what you do, what, why, why you do what you do. And hopefully that's the most important thing anyway. Yeah. And as whatever you're doing your business and whatever you're doing marketing wise, you always got to think about the why. Does this support the why? Does this support mm-hmm. why I'm doing business? Because in your marketing, in your content, if, you're, if it's really just to manipulate sales, um, then ultimately, like you said earlier, customers are really smart. So ultimately mm-hmm. it's going to backfire on you. you know, right. Customers are smarter than we give them credit for. And the interesting thing about it is a lot of times business owners will do things marketing wise that they themselves as a consumer would read into it. <laughs> but they don't realize yeah, it. Right? It's so true. All of a sudden they become manipulative. <laughs> you know, we're critical about how the other businesses do marketing. We go, oh my gosh, that, that's such bad advertising promotion. That's so you can see right through it. But then the business owner would do the same thing. And I'm looking at it like, wait yeah. a second, if you were on the other side, <laughs> you would totally read yeah. into what you're doing. So so you gotta um it's good to have friends. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you really have to as a business owner or as the marketer, whoever's in charge of doing the marketing, you really gotta to take a step back and look at this thing with the eye of the consumer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, but if you do things in an authentic way, then it's never going to be a problem. Right. But as soon mm-hmm. as you start oh. doing things and start to manipulate and try to manipulate sales, manipulate the way people think um, that ultimately people are going to, going to read in. Yeah. So always go back to the why, do things from an authentic right. place. Um, and then you're going to do fine. So uh, I want to add in too, you know, um, uh, earlier this year, I think a lot of people are talking about, it. there's a lot of unknowns about what Mark Zuckerberg said about Facebook too. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, if you heard about it, but basically mm-hmm. there's a huge change that people are saying it could fake. It, it, it's probably maybe the biggest change for Facebook, you know, in, in a really long time, especially mm-hmm. for businesses and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and pages and things like that. Yeah. But um, I was kind of looking into it and doing some research. And even with that, I think it almost supports if you're really authentic and you bring value mm-hmm. to your customer and it's something that they'd actually want to talk about and they're interested in rather than trying to, you know, make your stuff, you know, just like put your stuff in their face. It actually can help, you know, the business because yeah. really what they're doing is trying to get instead of, um, you know, just to, instead of just making people just waste time on Facebook doing nothing, or he's trying to get more interaction. So there's mm-hmm. more, um, mm-hmm. algorithms really favored, you know, comments and, you know, interacting with other people. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if I think if you just keep authentic, you know, keep bringing value to, you know, your people and have a good heart, you know, for your people or for your customers and your target market, then, um, that even that shouldn't affect you too much, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and eventually it all plays out and it, it can yeah. benefit. Like I know I was looking at, I was like, for me, some of the things I'm doing, I'm like, Oh, this actually can benefit what I'm doing, you mm-hmm. know, cause that's really what I'm trying to do is try to create almost a community. People can gather around positivity and have conversations about it. So, yeah. <laughs> and you know, every time, whether it's Google or Facebook or whatever, <clears throat> changing their algorithms and the marketers get all <clears throat> upset and get panicky. Yeah. I, I, I'll research too, you know, what, what is the reason why they did all this and always <clears throat> goes back to 
these organizations, Google, Facebook, they want they want to create organic traffic. And what mm-hmm. they're trying to do is cut out yeah. uh, marketers trying to manipulate the system. Right? right. Instead of building. But if your your content is authentic and it engages uh, the viewer and they comment and like and share and all that, you know, it's going to come out of uh, out of authenticity, right? Because they're, mm-hmm. they're generally just interested in your content. So if you're just putting out good content that interests your target audience, um, mm-hmm. then you really don't have much to worry about. Right? Right. But as soon as, uh, but when you're doing marketing just to really manipulate and get around, you know, try to cheat the algorithms or whatever, um, that when they do change it, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. so the way yeah. I, the way I approach marketing, whether it's, it, and that's not even just social media, but it, when you print ads, commercials, when you have mm-hmm. good, authentic, engaging content, yeah, that they're going to engage. Right? Yeah. So, tell. so marketing okay. is the same. The, yeah. the, you know how you do marketing is the same no matter what vehicle or what um, whether it's online or, or offline. Um, mm-hmm. If you do it the same way with authenticity and really appeal to the you know your target audience's senses of what they want, what they like, um, then there you'll be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So hey Eric, um, we're 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 out of time right now, but uh, this was a great conversation. Um, hopefully, yeah, people that are listening and will be listening um, get a lot out of this because definitely this was some some good stuff. And this is these are things that uh, occur on a day to day basis, whether it's with my clients and certainly with yours. Sounds like um, and just people in general. You know, it's it's about having the proper mindset of, of going into marketing, maybe planning for the long haul, and doing things uh, from your authentic self from from your own purpose and vision of the business. Um, and just really don't be afraid of making mistakes because we all, we all do. I shared a story that Coca-Cola, the large, <laughs> very large company that uh, even they make mistakes. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we all do, but it's a matter of how do you, how do you learn from it and even how do you capitalize on the mistakes? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks again, Eric, for joining me. And I yeah, look forward Robert. to you, uh, look forward to having you in a future uh, episode as well. So thanks everyone again for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you have a business question or topic you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61businessdevelopment.com. Or go to the Facebook page of Purpose and Profitability. And certainly if you're already watching this on, on, on live stream, on Facebook Live right now, certainly go ahead and put in right into the, uh, on the post or the comment area. Just go ahead and comment your, your question um, or topic you'd like to hear about. So until next week, thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. Have a great week and God bless. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.